Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Can 3D printing save America from a trade war? My guest today says yes. Richard Devaney is a professor at Tuck's School of Business at Dartmouth and the author of The Pan-Industrial Revolution, How New Manufacturing Titans Will Transform the World. It is great to have you here, Richard. Oh, thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. So you're an expert on 3D printing, you've, you, and you've written a lot about the pan-industrial revolution. Walk us through your thought process. How did, can 3D printing save America from potentially devastating trade wars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 3D printing and additive manufacturing in general are going to revamp entire supply chains and entire methods of how we make things. So... Uh, pretty much Henry Ford is dead. And the way that Henry Ford recommended that we make things with long supply chains and assembly lines, that's going to disappear because 3D printers are now going to make the components at the same time and embed them inside the products so there won't be suppliers. And as a consequence, for example, you can make a cell phone, and people are already doing this, where they... uh, Uh, While they're printing the plastic body, they're also printing the uh, electronic wiring and chips on the interior surface. So there's no distinction between the electronic maker and the cell phone plastics uh, uh, producer. Uh, So the consequence of that is is that uh, uh, with the shorter supply chains, uh, there'll be less global trade with the, you know, the integration backwards into, into making components. Uh, there'll be uh, uh, fewer transactions, uh, and companies and countries will become uh, isolated uh, and from all of these uh, kinds of things like trade wars. But won't that result in other problems, is- uh, you know, being isolated? Mm-hmm. Well... In today's world, I think it's uh, uh, it's not as big a problem. It's probably better to disengage from a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, for two reasons. One, uh, the country in general has gotten overstretched. Uh, we can't protect every place and every source and every business, and that creates a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and 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 secondly. Uh, the politics is shifting so fast that we don't know whether we can trade with China or not in five years. Mm-hmm. Are we headed towards a Cold War or are we headed towards uh, just a, 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 you know Trump playing a negotiations game to get the best deal that he can? How cost competitive, though, is, is 3D printing? Yeah, that's a really good question. The, uh, uh, three years ago, the absolute answer would be it's not. Mm-hmm. But today... For a large number of, uh, of products, you can produce 100,000 or 150,000 units with a 3D printer that will cost less than the regular price of, uh, you know, of conventionally manufactured stuff. So let me give you an example. Cativa uh, is a, a company that uh, invented a kind of uh, new technology and uh, uh, and it can be used for making OLED screens for televisions and, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, with this new method, it saves so much material that 
it's 40% cheaper because these materials wow. are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's no reason not to switch over. And, and, and it gets rid of a lot of the uh, waste and problems of, of throwing away a lot of uh, kind of poisonous materials mm-hmm. that go into OLED screens. So it looks like these, um, these 3D printers provide really unprecedented ability to customize mm-hmm. the products you want, but it also allows companies to pivot to where the demand is and to do so very quickly. Yes, uh, yes, and that's even more important than the customization mm-hmm. because think about the effects that it has. What do you call a company that one day makes bicycle parts, the next day makes automobile parts, the next day makes metal toys, the next day makes submarine parts, and the next day after that makes uh, metal barriers for the streets to hold back the I crowd. I call that a very in-demand uh, company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it keeps its capacity filled, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have an industry. So that's where the word pan-industrial comes from. Right. I use that, um, uh, for myself at least, to denote that a lot of firms are going to be so widely diversified mm-hmm. that you can't say what they are. And it's not different divisions like today's current conglomerates, it's all in one factory that all of this is happening. Well, let's talk about some of those companies by name that you think will be most affected um, in a positive way Mm -hmm. by this pan-industrial revolution. Sure. Yeah, there's a a couple of companies that will be affected because they produce printers, Mm -hmm. and there'll be uh, lots of companies that will be affected positively because they use printers, okay? So let's start with the producers. I I think... uh, Hewlett-Packard is uh, 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 HPI, not HPE. Right. Uh, so uh, HPI is uh, taking the industry by storm with a new technology. And that's going to rejuvenate that company. This is a, a buy stock because, you know, right now it looks like it's just got a cash cow of kind of old-fashioned stuff like 2D printers for for computers and this kind of stuff. But in the future, they're going to dominate the manufacturing market. And they just announced that they have invented a metal printer as well. Hmm. Um, So... So the uh, thought of because I know when the, when I first saw these three D printers, I just thought they would be making small things. Right. But I mean, you know, can they make things of of different materials and sizes? Yeah, yeah. That's the part. All of this has happened in the last three years. It's like suddenly this explosion right. happened, and the whole, uh, you know, the whole opportunity space for for this has has changed. So you can there, there's a kind of printing that I I love uh, called BAM. Uh, big area additive manufacturing. Okay. And it takes these printers and it strings them onto uh, cables, and then the printers move around, oh, and, and wow. they can work across, uh, like, a basketball court. Wow. And, uh, and the whole thing folds up into the back of a truck. Oh, my so, goodness. So you can, for example, uh, Lockheed Martin is working on trying to uh, make an entire airplane, an F-35 mm-hmm. jet by 3D printing. Wow. And literally what you can do is ship the printer in the back of, you know, a, like a cargo container. Sure. And then open that up, spread it out inside a warehouse, and print an Air Force uh, right near where you need it. 
Now, uh, what I mean, it sounds unbelievable and very futuristic, although, as you say, it's happening right now on, yeah. on, on different scales in different companies. But what does this mean for the people who did these jobs? Yeah, uh, that's a tough problem right. because uh, because we don't know the full effects yet of what kind of industries will be created. So uh, a, lo- a lot of routine jobs mm-hmm. are going to disappear. Now, the good news for the United States is, is we only have about 3% of the population that actually makes stuff. More work for manufacturing companies, mm-hmm. but the people in the factories are practically gone. And, um, as a, and, and so that means we're not going to get hit that far. We already progressed to the service economy and the, you know, the, the knowledge economy. <clears throat> Whereas a country like China, they've got a big problem where the vast majority of their people work in these jobs that will disappear. So China's got a dilemma. They can either keep up um, and lay off all these people, which will destabilize it, or they can try to suppress it, but then they lose their edge. Uh, So uh, we don't know what China's gonna choose. It looks like they're they're pushing towards trying to outdo us Mm -hmm. on on the 3D printing side. Uh, So far they haven't, um, both in adoption and in invention. but uh, 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 so so coming back to your question about what happens to to these people, a lot of the ones who have routinized jobs are not going to be able to be retrained. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is not a problem. This is not a, a new problem because right. we've had robotics and all kinds of other automation for over a century. And that's this. one of the, the and, challenges facing the Trump administration or whomever may, may be in, mm-hmm. in the White House going forward is what do you do with these workers? Do they need to be trained in some way to work the 3D printers or in other yeah. areas? Yeah. Um, I, well, I think a lot of these workers are not going to be trained to be computer programmers and all mm-hmm. the high-end jobs that will be created by this. So we're, we're going to get a lot of better jobs but not more jobs. Right. Um, and the, the quality que- of the jobs will be better, you're saying. Exactly. Uh, and we don't know what kind of new jobs will be created. Uh, so l- let me give you an example. Um, coral reefs mm-hmm. for fisheries. Um, before 3D printing, they were too complex to manufacture. Now we can make an artificial coral reef and drop it into the ocean, seed it with all of the sea animals and plants, uh, and create a fishing ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can place them any place we want. So with global warming, we can move them further away from the waters that are killing off the current reefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can uh, try... Uh, uh, and a fishing company can now have a proprietary essentially fish uh, making uh, hatchery or factory and then harvest all of that. Think about the number of jobs that that creates. Mm -hmm. First of all, a lot more fishermen, a lot more technicians on the ships that are harvesting the fish, processing them, and then freezing it. Then all the different opportunities for distribution of the fish um, that'll be created and all the opportunities for new kinds of products. Because if fish gets cheaper then we can have more kinds of frozen fish mm-hmm. dinners and more kinds of restaurants and all sorts of new recipes and people will buy them more. So 
we not only create a whole bunch of jobs, but we feed a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it solves a lot of, uh, of issues. So when I first suggested that, people said, Devaney, you are a nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> right? and I, I said, yeah, well, I was just brainstorming. And now I, I recently read that Jacques Cousteau's grandson is experimenting with building artificial coral reefs. Did you say this publicly somewhere? And could Jacques Cousteau's relative heard you say this um, <laughs> and took well, your I, idea? Well, I, I wrote it down. No, I can't. I cannot say he took my idea. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to say that, uh, you know, we parallel processed there probably the same, to the same co- conclusion. Yeah, it um, just goes I, to show you the, the good that 3D printing can do. Right, exactly. But, you know, we look at the other side of it. Well, sticking with that, I mean, there's been talk about 3D printing giving us artificial organs. Do you see that happening? And could that be a slippery slope? <laughs> well, you mean like making Frankenstein for real? Um, yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, well, I'm counting on it. <laughs> you know, I'm old enough now that I, I've got enough problems that I want to replace everything. <laughs> but uh, 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 the reality is, is that's way far off into okay. the future. Um, there are simple things that are being used now uh, that are considered organs like skin. Okay. Um, so... Uh, they can 3D print skin and use it for, for wounds and, and yeah wow. and things like that, <clears throat> and that's turning out to be effective. Um, and uh, a simple organ like gallbladders, they're working on them with pigs and other sophisticated animals. Uh, so we're starting to see some possibility of that, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't think it's going to happen very quickly. And the idea that we're going to be able to replace everything in a person's body, um, and 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 then you wonder who he is, uh, who she is, yeah. um, is you know way that's off. Way yeah off. that's science fiction. Uh, um, uh, fascinating to think about though. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. one thing that people glommed onto right away was how to make guns, uh, weaponry with three D mm-hmm. printers. Yep. Um, you know, do, does this area somehow need to be regulated? Do you think? Well, I think some government um, laws will have to be put into place uh, or the industry will have to create some kind of standards. So one of the things uh, that 3D printing is going to do is it's going to allow the growth of companies to become very large, very diversified. They can make all kinds of things. The only constraint is the imagination of the designers and the materials that the technology can work with. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and so these firms are going to grow very, very large and they're going to have a lot of influence and they will, as a result, want to regulate that kind of thing from happening, uh, because they'll have, you know, their own gun manufacturing. Right. And so my, my guess is, is that the organizations will step in and they'll go to the printer manufacturers and they'll have the printer manufacturers have some kind of IP protection or some kind of detection system that looks at and discovers that you're making different kinds of parts for guns and the machine just turns just off. Just turns off. Yeah. Sort of uh, like a breathalyzer in a car, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't if turn you... the car over if you've been drinking. Right. right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's why they'll protect their own interests in, in the mm-hmm. long run. So I think it's going to get... I think it's going to get solved. Now, you know, for the real criminal, like the, a terrorist or hijacker or organized crime, 
uh, person. They're kind of hard to control, but, you know, they can still buy guns anytime they want on the street. Unfortunately, uh, yes. Unfor yes, it's a terrible thing. And uh, so so I don't see this as that much worse mm -hmm. um, uh, than that because there's going to be lots of ways to trace uh, these guns. Mm -hmm. You know, there'll be trace elements in... The, the printers themselves. In the or... printers themselves, exactly. And in the powders that get used in them. Mm. So the plastics will be slightly different so you can track them back to owners and uh, uh, or producers. Creates different areas in forensics, I guess, in forensic uh, science. Yeah, we just have to get smarter. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, when you look at the criminal element, uh, uh, it's time immemorial. And yeah. it, we're always going to be playing cat and mouse with them. Uh, even without 3D printing. I want to get back to the companies that stand to benefit the most from sure. this pan-industrial revolution. And one of the companies you mentioned is General Electric, which I'll tell you, boy, yeah. could really use a little <laughs> new life being breathed into the company. That We know they're burning through cash. Yeah. Um, they were taken out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, this industrial giant. Do you yeah. think that they could find their place in the pan-industrial revolution? Yeah, it's kind of a sad thing because... Uh, uh, they're a bellwether, uh, American icon, right. and, you know, Thomas Edison must be rolling over in his grave now. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so so I, I agree with you that, uh, uh, that they've got a big problem. And, <clears throat> but I think they started down the right road. Um, they were, uh, and still are to some extent, uh, the leader in 3D printing of high-end metals uh, for, uh, like, high-temperature metals that go into uh, fancy things like jets and, and uh, uh, anything else that requires, uh, you know, uh, an alloy like Inconel and that, that type of thing. Um, and the, the consequence of this is, is that, uh, and they purchased a couple of companies to, to help uh, with that, and they've created GE Additive, but then could they have kept going? Mm -hmm. And they didn't. I mean, there's a lot of companies that they could roll up and become, you know, uh, uh, an octopus um, right. that uh, that but consolidates anything, it. They've been and, looking to, to pare down, right, and to, and to refocus because they, their arms were sort of in too many places. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they got the Napoleon once said that every great empire dies of indigestion, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, he knew it, and he found it yeah. out the hard way, and GE just found that out. Um, uh, and so they were on the right road to stop being a conglomerate by building this 3D printing capability that now allows, allowed them to tie everything together and get operational synergies and have one manufacturing system for all its different businesses um, and uh, reduce the complexity of its supply chain um, now. Uh, and so they were on the right direction, but then all these peripheral businesses started sucking up cash right. and they lost their momentum. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm hoping that um, uh, Culp... Right. has been brought back not to recreate a conglomerate form, but to build the post-conglomerate uh, diversified firm, which is, a, again, the pan-industrial idea, right. where there's one, it's like all the, all the different divisions are now all blurred together.
So Larry Culp, if you're listening, Richard Devaney has a way for you to save GE. Uh, yeah. yeah, give me a call. <laughs> um, in addition to GE, you mentioned United Technologies, uh, Siemens, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jabil. As other companies uh, that Jable, could? Yeah. Jable, yeah. Let me, let me yeah. say that again. It is yeah. Jable, and I knew that in another life. So let me say that again. Yeah. Okay. In addition to GE, you've mentioned other companies that can benefit from the pan-industrial revolution. Uh, Jable, United Technologies, Siemens among them. Yeah. And, and so now what we're talking about with GE and this list that you just given here it, are the users that I mentioned earlier and how they benefit. Uh, these firms will cut down on transportation costs and tariffs and uh, insurance and shipping because the supply lines will be a lot shorter. Um, they'll have more just-in-time uh, delivery closer to their customers. Uh, and we're watching some miraculous things happening uh, right now, things that I didn't dream anybody would think about because they're so advanced. And Jable's a good example of this. This was an old line uh, contract manufacturer, number three in size. And uh, Jable has been building first what it called the control tower, which was a software system that controlled uh, entire supply chains and internal factory uh, activities as well. Mm -hmm. And then it's gotten more expanded and more intelligent uh, so now it measures risks and uh, uh, of your supply chain. It gives you warnings. It immediately helps you reroute things if there's a tsunami that uh, hmm. breaks down, you know, that destroys your factory. And um, uh, so uh, and uh, this is being called in control. Mm -hmm. And they've got plans to continue to expand this until they have a full industrial um, uh, internet or full industrial platform, okay. um, and they're way ahead of everybody, uh, way ahead of IBM, way ahead of, uh, you know, anybody you can name, GE was uh, claiming to build out a system like that, but they really didn't invest properly in it. They tried to expand some software that they had, but it wasn't really what customers wanted. But Jable has been, you know, making you know, tens of thousands of products Every, different products every year um, uh, for all sorts of other companies. So this company is going to be, I think, positioned as one of the first real pan-industrials because it'll have the electronics. And the other thing that's interesting is they've got a nice alliance with HP um, as well as several other 3D printers, and they're installing them all over the world. Uh, they were, the, I think, the largest purchaser of... Uh, uh, HP printers last year. Jabil was. Uh, Jabil, yeah. Wow. In the book, you talk about uh, how the pan-industrial uh, revolution is going to really leave no industry untouched. Are, are there companies that need to worry or need to, you know, change strategies because this is coming and it's coming fast? Yeah, there are. Uh, <clears throat> certainly anybody that's a conglomerate has to realize that that's an inferior form of business organization uh, because it, it lacks the operational synergies and the coordination created by the industrial platform. The, uh, <clears throat> uh, the automobile industry is kind of next up in line. We watch um, uh, BMW and, uh, and Volkswagen doing 
more and more aggressive things. They're not at the point where they 3D print the whole car, right. but it's been demonstrated by local motors that you can 3D print a, a car for about $30,000, $35,000. Wow. Um, it takes them two days to print the car, huh. two more days to insert some parts that you can't print now. There's no technology for, for making, for example, batteries and electric mm. engines. Um, so it's a total four-day process. Um, and... Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, but the car body is kind of made out of a, a plastic. Um, but we're now moving to have a whole new set of printers that are coming out that will manufacture 3D printing, um, uh, 3D printed uh, car bodies out of metal. Hmm. Um, so a company like uh, Desktop Metal, uh, uh, which is a unicorn, uh, and uh, it's going to revolutionize that industry rather than having these big stamping machines uh, right. uh, that shake the earth underneath it. You mm -hmm. know, I went to Toyota City and man, you could feel the uh, industrial might. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> these big stamping machines come down right. and a perfectly formed uh, body comes out and the earth shakes and there's thunder and lightning <laughs> and you know, you feel like some kind of Norse god has thrown right. a thunderbolt. There. You're in an <laughs> Avenger movie or something. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, I think that is on the cusp and Ford is experimenting with it, but, uh, not that much. Uh, they, <clears throat> they've been working with a company called Carbon, um, uh, to, uh, uh, make 3d printed parts, but the American car companies are kind of slow and the Germans are ahead of them, uh, and spreading it faster and pushing it faster. So I think the car companies have to worry a lot more, and it, you know, and uh, you know. So you should be asking me what's new about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know they, they are notoriously <laughs> slow, slow to sort of you know get with the program, if you will. Right? Yeah. Well, they're super cautious to you know to be uh, uh, fair about it. Mm -hmm. They're super cautious about safety, and everything has to be tested and. Uh, and we certified want it that way. So that's yes. okay for them that's to take the That's the American time. population. Right. And India, you know, you drive a piece of junk around and uh, that's, uh, people put up with it, you know. And right. they, they, uh, but in the U.S. Um, uh, the standards you know, are different. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, but they still are going to, I believe, um, have a problem with the uh, German car companies that are moving faster. What about um, the the consumer for, for these 3D printers? I mean, mm -hmm. regular folks like you and me, yeah. are we going to, are they going to be part a part of our lives on a regular basis going forward? Or are you really looking at 3D printing for corporations and industries? Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly looking at industrial ones. And mm -hmm. the reason that I'm doing that is, uh, and I've been studying those for five years with a, with a whole team, is that it's a long way away before consumers are going to be able to make these things. So, for example, the new desktop metal machine that's coming out for um, metal printing, uh, uh, their industrial model, uh, that is a machine that's going to cost over a million dollars. Um, and you can't, like, no. buy that. And That's not uh, going under the Christmas tree. <clears throat> right, exactly. And it's pretty hard to explain to your spouse that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend the kids uh, 
uh, college <laughs> savings. But look, so we that got I this beautiful play. 3D yeah. printer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no right. place to park the car. Right, right. <laughs> so because the garage will be so full. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think that the big companies will always be able to afford bigger, better, faster machines and that the maker movement of individual makers is going to be more like hobbyists and maybe artisans and and things like that. And it's not going to add up to very much. Well, it's all fascinating stuff. And again, the book is The Pan-Industrial Revolution, How New Manufacturing Titans Will Transform the World. And you better believe those titans are thinking and listening about ways to keep their strategies in tune so that they don't miss the pan-industrial revolution boat. Richard Devaney, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.